Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of Hands Up, the education podcast that takes a light-hearted look at all the quirks that make being a teacher, an educator, or just part of a school a truly unique experience. My name's Jordan Firth, I'm a Year 2 teacher, and I'm joined remotely by fellow teacher, co-host, and co-creator, Mark Tomlinson. Hello, Jordan! In this episode, Mark will be looking at Ferris Bueller's day off in his famous fictional school. I'll count down the things that no one taught me on my teacher training and that I still don't know. And for our teacher talking point, we're discussing some of your cringiest moments that you've ever had as a teacher. It's great to have you with us, so sit down, cross your legs, or make sure your chair's tucked in. Four legs, Mark, and let's get started. Well... That didn't last long, did it, Mark? Us um, recording a podcast next to each other, face to face. No, back. Um, one back doing episode. it remotely. Yeah, well, yeah, one, yeah, one episode of the new series. The irony being, of course, we're we're in local lockdown, so we're not allowed to visit other households. We work um, in the same school, yeah. So I've probably <laughs> been closer to you today than, yeah. than I would have been if I was actually at your house. We in the um, same trough. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we? Not yes, not yeah. at the same time. That would be weird. No, we don't. It, we don't cross swords no, or anything. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so can we highest up the toilet wall? <laughs> <laughs> how's uh, how's it going, Matt? How's reading the witches going now? I know you'd convinced your class that one of the members of staff is potentially a witch. Yeah. Have they got any closer to? Yeah, they've named that, that member be. of staff. Who I refuse to name on this podcast yeah. to save <laughs> to save probably for the best. Yeah, to save her blushes. But she, uh, <laughs> this particular member of staff, is the least likely to wear pointed shoes. So <laughs> right. when when one of the children in the class said, "Is it?" and then uttered the teacher's name. I laughed out loud because I thought <laughs> they're the least likely to wear pointed shoes, children. But, yeah. <laughs> How about you? Um, yeah, well, you might notice I am a bit full of cold. I'm even more nasally uh, than I normally am. Sound like <laughs> Mr. B. Uh, <laughs> I partially blame my sore throat on doing the voice of the Grand High Witch uh, for the last couple of days because she's a, a screecher, isn't she? Yeah. So I am currently trying to rest my voice, which I realise recording a podcast no. um, <laughs> doesn't do that. But I've had the children doing the register for me. Um, just got a little musical instrument when I want their attention now so they can hear me when I whisper. What, what, so <laughs> what musical instrument are you using? A sitar. Uh, well, I, asked, <laughs> <laughs> I asked my TA to go get me one, and I was hoping to come back with something like really imaginative, yeah. but it's just a tambourine. The tambourine, so, yeah. yeah. Claves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's have a look then at my top. It's not a top five. I've not even counted how many of the things there are. But oh, it's great. a top. It's a countdown. <laughs> it's that's all count. you need to know. Um, and we've covered this on the podcast before, kind of. We've covered some of the top things that they didn't teach you on your PGC and we've discussed and read out tweets from people discussing, um, you know, just what they didn't learn in their teacher training, but they do now. Um, but earlier this week, as I was trying to unjam some paper in the big photocopier because our resources lady, what, what's, what's Mrs. Fairclough's title? I feel like resources lady gives, is like a really, big injustice <laughs> what she actually does um but anyway she's not here so i had to actually try and think for myself um and unjam the printer and basically failed spectacularly as <laughs> half 
the printer was hanging off, I kind of thought, there's actually a lot of stuff that they didn't teach me on my PGCE. <laughs> still don't know. Uh, so maybe some of the same uh, out there for our listeners. So let's have a look. Eight. Unjamming the printer. Let's start with that one. I've got a massive love-hate relationship with that thing. And the thing with all school photocopies is, I think I said this before, they can they can smell they can sense fear if you're strolling happily to the photocopier maybe you've stepped out of a meeting to go get some printouts for everybody and actually it's quite nice i'm in no hurry to be back if you don't mind taking your time that printer will happily hum and churn out 15 double-sided copies of your school's new behavior policy in about one minute flat (laughs) but if it's five to nine and you've forgotten to set your class a busy job so you've tried to print 30 mass mosaics from twinkle uh, it'll just it'll chew up that paper and spit it out just like it clearly wants to do with your career the vindictive little inanimate machine how to change the toner in the printer Know whether to flip on the long edge or the short edge when printing double-sided on the printer. How to scan and save as a document on the printer. How to use the printer. (laughs) And I'm going to add to this one, sort of as an aside where we're talking about unjamming things. How to unjam a laminator because when the printer is jammed, it's stressful. But with a laminator, you've got the added pressure that if you don't remove it soon, it's literally going to set on fire. <laughs> so, you know, in the way a circus performer might like light something on fire to add to the danger, that's basically what a laminator is doing. <laughs> Here's one mainly for male primary school teachers, um, ones without daughters and probably specifically ones in infants, how to tie a bobble. Like, oh. oh my god! If a child comes up to me and says, "My hair's come out," <laughs> what we usually say, "My hair's come out." Can I put it back in a bobble? She might as well be asking me if I can recite the yeah. Lord's Prayer in fifty different languages. <laughs> which, for the record, I can't. I can barely do it in this one. <laughs> what? How to change the staples, or how to load staples into a staple gun? <laughs> I. I've, not, I've got a drawer full of staples that are like so many different shapes and sizes and there must be half a millimetre between each size um, but unless you choose the exact right one my staple gun will have an absolute meltdown and decide that it's starting a new career and would rather be a sculptor than a stapler I'm like, look at this fine shape I've made by manipulating and twisting this piece of metal yeah that's a really nice staple gun but I'd love it if you just stick this wavy border on my wall thanks um and that's not to mention like the intricacies of actually how you load the thing like uh i just again i need a full-on seminar about how the spring-loaded mechanism works on each individual staple gun absolute nightmare let's take a look at our teacher talking point for this week and we have i think covered again a similar thread to this but obviously you can go back to it so many times and people have so many different stories about this um cringy teacher moments so mr pusley at scott pusley tweeted right chaps give me a teacher cringe moments uh he gave an example calling home oh hi is that brandon's dad awkward silence uh no it's his mom <laughs> uh, samantha cosgrove says um Observing a nervous NQT with a year 10 class. To get their attention, he loudly... De- <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> to, get- <laughs> to get their attention, he loudly declares, eyes closed and lips on me. <laughs> class and I <laughs> completely lost it. <laughs> 
Um, Tim at Tootler74 says, uh, brand new ICT suite, large interactive whiteboard, rainforest project, Google search, exotic birds. <laughs> Linda Lasardi comes up. <laughs> oh, I've not got my bell again. Ding. Don't know who that is. Um, at Graham Jog says, New Year 7 kid in the class of a TA decided to eat pages out of his geography textbook and swallowed them, followed by staples from the stapler. Rang home to express concern. Mum, oh, that's nothing. He usually eats a Sunday Times colour supplement at the weekend. <laughs> At Meredith Fox 22 says uh, her cringy teacher moment remains the time where she sent a dad of an SEN child a message asking him to call school urgently. He wasn't answering his phone and ended it with five kisses. He was already a little over familiar. He rang me from the bath once. <laughs> this didn't help. <laughs> Undercover teacher says it's September and I'm teaching a sibling of a child I'd taught a few years prior. Chatting to his mum and did the usual, how are you? Uh, etc. Then I dropped the bombshell. Oh, didn't know you were expecting. Parent, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, he said she saw the funny side and we still laugh now, but geez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Petal says, minding my own business in the laundrette, end up talking to a bloke. He asks me what I do for a living and then asks what my thoughts are about a local school. Me, being me, decided to go full activist mode, referencing things that I disagreed with. Turns out, he was the head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At Ms. N. McLaughlin says, oh, so many. Although one of my friends once had a maternity bra fitting done by one of our old students in m and And I think that wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's a drop the mic one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clive Hill. At Clive and Scott Hill says, Calling home to celebrate some success to a year eight's mum. Someone answered the phone. A toddler. Give me that phone, you little c***. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Mr. Hill, uh, science teacher. I was just saying, calling to say how well they're doing in class, but I can tell you're busy. I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. At Shabnamagram. Uh, says said love you on the phone to a parent was calling home to say that his son always makes inappropriate personal comments towards me (laughs) (laughs) at hectic teacher says saturday night go on a nice date with the guy i'd been chatting to online tuesday night at parents evening the guy i was on a date with turns up he's the dad of one of my students i hadn't mentioned where i taught he hadn't mentioned he had kids. Oh, are they still together? God. <laughs> oh, we'll, we can tweet them. Or if they're listening, get in touch. At Hectic Teacher. Yeah. How did it go? Yeah. At Emma Cannon 88 says, On a school trip to the beach, I cheerfully said to a parent, Oh, there's nothing like the feeling of sand between your toes, is there? Then remembered she had two prosthetic lower legs. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> when we eventually write our sitcom mark um, about working in the school <laughs> we're going to have to use some of these <laughs> at Joe Baker 9 said uh, you'll like this one Mark you'll like this one a lot at Joe Baker 9 says I asked a year 11 lad his name he was misbehaving he said Michael Hunt 
I said. Don't be ridiculous. No one would call their child that. Bring me a planner now. All the class staring at me. He brought his planner. Name on the front. Michael Hunt. (laughs) 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 Do you reckon the... the, the, I wonder whether the, the child went home and relayed that story to his parents saying, why... Why wouldn't anybody call their children Michael if their surname was Hunt? I don't know, Mike. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mrs. Dalziel says, uh, my most embarrassing moment was confronting her. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my most embarrassing moment was confronting a man in his car I thought was exposing himself at the school gates. <gasps> but he actually had sausage and chips on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think I feel like I want to know so much every detail yeah. of that I want to know yeah. exactly what was said and the moment yeah. she realised mm. but also I kind of feel like the more that's left to the imagination with that <laughs> the better oh, at jog underscore 297 parents evening Student's little brother sits on his mum's knee. He's quite small. I say, will you be coming here soon then? Student replies, I'm already here. I'm in year eight. (laughs) (laughs) And he's in the form next door to my classroom too. Same year group as my form. Brilliant. (laughs) Oh, right. I think this was one of my favourites when I was was writing these down. So at Thor Hallebjörg says, I'm in the Hunteria Museum with some very loud year 10 lads. Also, there was a prestigious art school with students silently sketching exhibits. From a balcony looms James, bellowing at me. Miss, come up here quick. Me and Charlie have found a massive dick in a jar. (laughs) 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 Which I I can just picture, I can can literally hear it echoing around the... uh, (laughs) <laughs> the big heart. Let's move on and take a look then, Mark, at your famous fictional school for this week. Now, you're covering a film that I that is is a classic, isn't it? It's a cult classic. And I was I was saying to you the other day at school, I was introduced to this film quite later on in life. Um, what year was it made? Eighty six. Eighty six. Right. So, I the first time I watched this movie must have been. Only a couple of years ago, yeah. for the first time ever, and I oh, absolutely loved it. It's it, it's held up so well. It's aged really, really well. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing this, and I probably watched it probably a couple of months back now. So it's relatively fresh in my mind, and it's actually quite rare at the minute that I know what you're talking about when you're doing a famous <laughs> fictional school. So um, I'm looking I'm looking forward to this one, Mark. So take it away. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, yeah, so this week we're not going to take a closer look at a fictional school as such. We're going to take a closer look at a fictional school pupil. Yeah. A pupil has become something of a popular culture I- culture icon over the years. A pupil so popular that he's adored by the sportos, the motorheads, the geeks, the sluts, the bloods, the wasteoids, the dweebies and the dickheads. A high school school pupil who turned playing hooky into an art form. Of course, we're talking about Ferris Bueller. 
a senior at Glenbrook North High School in Chicago, a pupil often considered to be the coolest high school kid of all time. Personally, I think he's a bit of a (laughs) and here's why. First of all, let's consider how he contrived to get his now infamous day off. In a bid to convince his parents, the school and fellow pupils that he is genuinely ill, Bueller masters the use of computers, telephones and digital audio sampling to create the sounds of snoring, coughing and to help animate a dummy to act as if it was sleeping. All very clever, I agree. But this use of newly emerging technology would go on to inspire others, including the short-lived career of Dappy Laughs and everyone who has made a TikTok video during lockdown. (laughs) I mean, that alone should be enough to convince you that Bueller is a donk bin, but there's more. Not only does Bueller persuade his hypochondriac friend Cameron to join him in skipping school for the day, he also gaslights Cameron into letting him take his dad's pride and joy, his vintage Ferrari, to help them get round the city, with Bueller convincing his friend that they can put the car in reverse to take off the miles that they will have subsequently clocked up during their jaunt. And later, when addressing the viewer by looking down the camera and telling us that he had actually engineered the borrowing of the Ferrari without permission to force Cameron to face down his own Oedipal fears, it's difficult to fight the overwhelming desire to put your foot through the TV screen just so you don't have to see his smug f***ing face again. There's another example of Bueller breaking the fourth wall when after telling his devoted girlfriend Sloane that he wants to marry her, he turns to the audience and tells us that he knows that's going to be tricky when he goes to college in the fall because she has to stay behind for another year in high school. And I sit there and shout, I hope your c*** drops off, you egotistical shit rifle. And this after Bueller, disguised as his father, picks Sloane up from school and in front of the principal who hates Bueller as much as I do, asks if she she has a kiss for Daddy, as if he's auditioning for the role of Nabokov's Humbert Humbert. Ding. Lolita. (laughs) As previously mentioned, Bueller is loved and adored by his peers, but this doesn't stop the sociopath from convincing them that he is on his deathbed, which triggers an outpouring of sympathy which results in a city-wide Save Ferries campaign. Manipulating and coercing his fellow pupils, Bueller is a cult leader no different to David Koresh, Jim James and Charles Manson, and who could quite easily convince a naive group of freshmen to carry out murderous rampage in the Bel Air mansion of a Hollywood starlet before using the still warm blood to daub the slogan Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it as if advertising the latest self-help book by a new-age mindfulness guru. And don't get me started on Ferris Bueller's actual day off. Apart from driving round in a classic sports car, Ferris and his friends spend their day truanting from school by having dinner at a fancy restaurant, visiting an art gallery, and gate-crashing a German-American heritage parade to entertain the crowds lining the street by murdering a Beatles classic. When I skive school, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I just need to make a note not to send my mum this particular episode (laughs) of the podcast. 
Well, I've done that. When I Skype school with Mad Tommy and Snarfy, who regular yeah. listeners <laughs> may recall could throw stones that went round corners like heat-seeking missiles, we used to hang out at the abandoned Metcalf's farm where we would forage in the undergrowth for discarded pages of Penthouse magazine while sharing a packet of Benson and Edges that Snarfy had nicked from his nana's handbag. This was textbook skiving. Not eating Mool's marinere in the Michelin-starred restaurant, the closest I got to this was eating a portion of scampi from the dishy fish. No Michelin stars, but it was awarded three out of five stars for hygiene. And no visiting contemporary art galleries. The closest Mad Tommy Snarfy and I got to Manet's Olympia was a torn and tatty centrefold from Razzle's October issue. <laughs> of course, one may argue that my irie towards Bueller is born out of jealousy. Ferris Bueller was the modern incarnation of the Renaissance man. Not only could he dance and sing, he could also play the guitar and the clarinet. In 1986, when Ferris Bueller's Day Out was released, I was the same age as Ferris was in the film. My musical instrument ambitions went no further than the recorder, which I gave up when I was seven, while I had mastered the art of dad dancing by the age of 13. I didn't have a beautiful, cool girlfriend, unless you count Razzle's October centrefold photo, <laughs> and my best friend's dad drove a Nissan Cherry. But I'm not jealous. Ferris Bueller is a lying, scheming, manipulative bellend who takes all the good things in his life for granted. From his friends, his girlfriend and parents, Ferris is only in it for himself and never once considers the thoughts of others. And this is why he's not the coolest kid in school. Well, this and the fucking waistcoat he wears throughout the film. <laughs> Christ, I've never been so offended by an item of clothing in my whole life. And I used to work at Foster's menswear in the 80s. Do you know what? I'm quite surprised at that, Mark. Really? Yeah, because because it is such a cult classic. Mm. And I'd, I don't know, I just, I just feel like that would be up your street. That seems like the sort of review that... <laughs> I would write about something, <laughs> just an angry <laughs> rant about one particular element. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite surprised at that. I, 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 like a, I think you, you're on. right. I think the film does stand the test of time. I think it's a, a really well-made, interesting film. But I watched it recently, similarly to you. I watched it with, with my partner and my daughter, and I just didn't like him. I didn't like Ferris no. Bueller at all. And maybe back in 1986 when it came out, when I would have been 15, uh, nearly 16, I, yeah, probably would have kind of thought it was quite cool and maybe even would have probably asked my mum for a waistcoat like Ferris Bueller's. (laughs) I do do feel for his, what's his friend called? Cameron, yeah. Yeah, do feel for him. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably the more relatable character, yeah. isn't he? Kind of just going, oh, I don't know. And I wonder if all Ferris Bueller fans who were teachers... I wonder how many of us look through our class list for the following year to see if there's a kid's name that rhymes with Bueller, just so you can go, Bueller, (laughs) Bueller, at the register, just for, you know, your own sense of fun. You go over the kids' heads who were all six and seven in our case. But I feel like I probably relate because because I watched it so sort of later on in life. So recently, when after I was a teacher, I probably relate the most um, <laughs> to the teacher, which is a bit. I think you've done a good impression of it before. Whereas like asking questions and then just 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> answering them yeah. straight away. <laughs> who can tell? Who can tell me how many uh, sides a triangle has? Anyone? Three sides. Right? Who can tell me how many sides a square has? Anyone? Anyone? Four sides. Who can tell me how many sides <laughs> an octagon has? Anyone? Anyone? Eight sides. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. He's the same teacher yeah. who does the register, isn't he? Bueller. 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 And I know we when we talked about Saved by the Bell last week and we talked about breaking the fourth wall, and you know, I think Ferris Bueller's Day Off was one of the first yeah, films yeah. that I experienced where the actor turns to the camera and talks to you. And once again, back in 1986, as an impressionable 16-year-old, I'd have thought that was cool when he did it three weeks ago as a <laughs> curmudgeonly, curmudgeonly 50-year-old. I'm like... What's the what's the actor's name? It's Inspector Gadget, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, was yeah. probably still is married to Sarah Jessica Parker, who from really? Sex and the City. Matthew Broderick also voiced uh, Adult Simba's voice in the original Lion King. So really? Go. Yeah. God. Fun this fact. Is, this is every day's a school day, quite literally. Don't say you don't learn anything oh, on no. this podcast. It's listed <laughs> under education for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. As teachers, it's rare we have anyone's attention for five minutes at a time, let alone 30. So thank you so much for that. Give us a follow on Twitter at HandsUpPod and keep an eye out for all of our posts and tweets and we might just feature you on the podcast. And if you did enjoy it, pass it on to another teacher, educator or anyone else you feel might like listening and don't forget to subscribe give us a quick rating if you can or even better leave us some feedback with your preferred podcast provider that's all for this one class dismissed you're still here it's over go home just like Matthew Broderick just like Matthew Broderick <laughs>